welcome back to Daydream Believers. I'm Elle. And I'm Elle. We're a podcast that talks about music, mindset, and mental health. I'm a life coach who loves to listen to music made prior to the 2010s. And I'm a stay-at-home mom who loves me some rock music, but Elle, I also add that I've been dabbling. Oh, have you? Yes, with other genres. And I feel a lot of guilt. Why? About this, because I feel like I'm cheating hmm? on rock with my dabbling. You've got that deep of a connection with the rock and roll. Yeah, I actually had a dream Yeah, that rock cheated on me. Oh. Mm. I understand what rock would be feeling now. Mm-hmm. So no more dabbling? Dabbling will carry on. Except maybe give some extra attention to the rock when it needs it, yeah. It always does. Yeah. So how are you going? I am pretty well. I am trying to work out what I'm going to wear to a wedding on the weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. It's a friend's wedding, which I haven't okay. gone to like many friend's weddings yeah, yet. Like yeah. This is like the second or third one I've been to. I think the difference between friend weddings and like family weddings is that I then start panicking about how I like my posture. I'm like worried about ah. how I eat, how much butter I put on my bread. <laughs> you know what you I mean? really worry about all those things? Because I am quite excessive. Like at a family gathering, if there is like those tiny bread rolls and some little butter cubes, I will steal my whole family's butter cubes and shove them on the same bread roll. I have <laughs> I have like an addiction to those little cubed butters. <laughs> it's accompanied by some of the best bread in the world. Oh, why is it? Oh, answer me this. Riddle me this. Why is bread at weddings? The breast, the breast <laughs> bread, the breast bread, the best bread. Why? I don't know. Maybe because it's like you've gone the whole day without eating, and it's like yes, my savior. Or it's oh. just you know what it is. It's that moment when you all first sit down and you've all got the bread in front of you, and it's like the the anticipation of like, am I allowed to touch it yet, or is everyone yeah. like you got to wait for the person next to you? And I think that anticipation makes it that much tastier when you finally indulge. The thing is, I, I when it comes to that particular moment. Mm-hmm. I don't wait. I eat the you bread. Just go for I just straight. go for it because I know it's going to be the best bread. Mm. I, just, I just know. I always get a struggle to put like a knife in those breads. Oh, you can't cut them. You've got to rip them apart. Yeah, you've got to rip them. Their crust is rock hard. Mm. But delish. Yes. Absolutely delish. This conversation actually reminds me of table etiquette. Oh, yes. So I don't know if this was the same with you. My mum would get really upset at me if I was leaning on my elbow. Yes. On the dinner table. I had the same thing. I remember grandparents and like my parents always saying like, you can't, it's rude to put your elbows on the table while you're eating, but I do that all the time. I do. And you know what the thing is? It was a memory that was unlocked to me not that long ago. I just remembered, wait a second. I'm not meant to be putting elbows on the table. What am I doing? See, I, I just naturally do that. And I feel like it's very, once I've become aware of it, it's really hard to stop doing mm. it. It just makes me think, as my son gets older, am I going to be saying to him, don't put your elbow on the table? Am I going to say that? I don't think so. My question is, why is this not allowed? I don't know. Mm. It's hard to tell your kid not to do it and then not tell them why. Yeah. I feel like then they're just going to continue doing like, it like we did. It's rude. Yeah. Why is it rude? Yeah. Like how? I feel like there's ruder things in the world. Also table etiquette, now mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it, mm-hmm. how it's sometimes rude to the chef or like to the, the waiter to leave your knife and fork in a certain area. What? Like it means, like apparently like if you, I don't know what, what one it is, but if you cross them or you put the fork beneath the knife or something like that, hey? that it means that you weren't satisfied with your meal. What? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's like a thing. But what if your plate's empty? You clearly enjoyed it. Or you thought it was subpar, but you finished it. You know what I mean? Oh, that's me. I... 
No, no, yeah, yeah, it's not. It is. <laughs> I'd still eat it all, even if it was subpar. Mm, I'd still eat it all, yeah. Yeah. But then it depends. If you then believe that it's subpar, then you put them in a certain way so that <gasps> I've you let them know. I've never heard of that before in my life. It's like a silent review in my mind. Oh. Yeah, but I don't know which way to do what, so I would like to. Because what so, happens if I've been putting in the wrong way this whole time and they think I have not enjoyed the meal every time? So- you know what else? Like, what? I am one of those people that I get stuff stuck in my feet, my feet, <laughs> in my teeth that frequently. Yes, me too. And people always like tell me, thankfully, like, I'm like, oh, do I have something in my teeth? And they tell me. But for some reason, right, I am, I feel awkward telling someone else when they have something in their teeth. Oh, yeah. Like, I, unless they ask me, I and I, if they're talking to me and they can see, like, a piece of basil or something in their teeth, yeah. I would just let them finish the conversation before I tell them. But then am I, am I allowed to interrupt to tell them? I don't know. I don't know yeah, what the etiquette there one. is. Because I know when someone tells me that there's something in my teeth, if this was me, like, six, seven years ago, I probably would have cried. Mm. <laughs> and then you're like, well, how long was this in my teeth yes, for? something like that would have made me cry. Mm. But I'll always tell someone if they've got something stuck in their teeth. Because even though it really hurts my feelings, and I know it's said with the best intentions, maybe, (laughs) I'd rather get my feelings hurt than have this huge piece of oregano stuck in my teeth. And And find out later when you look in the mirror. Yes, yes. And the thing is, I've got naturally weird sitting teeth. My four front teeth are very straight, yeah. so it captures all the herbs, Elle. <laughs> it captures all the herbs. Every day I get something stuck in my teeth. Every day. <laughs> so I, 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 I don't remember a time where you've had something stuck in your teeth no, from me, but I can imagine it really no, well. So I've always got to like use my tongue to suck out like where the pointy teeth are. I've always got to go. I've got to do that. One of those people. I have to because the way my teeth sit, oregano gets stuck in there all the time. Mm. And we're Greek. We use a lot of oregano. I know. My mum, actually, she gets stuff stuck in her teeth frequently. And she's one of those people that will carry around a little packet of like uh picks toothpicks <laughs> yes. but like the the proper like dentisty ones yeah. and she'll just keep a little packet of them w- with her everywhere and we'll be sit she'll give them around at the table and we'll be sitting in a full-on restaurant like plucking our teeth in front of See, i think that's a great idea yeah it's really handy another thing about table etiquette mm-hmm. let me set the scene you're at a restaurant there's a group of you maybe four four plus yeah okay you've all ordered you get your meal first. Oh, I know where this is going. And everyone's like to me, eat, L, eat. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. But inside my head, L, I'm, I'm sweating. <laughs> There's all the file cabinets of everything in my head, of all the information I've ever known is burning because I need to eat. I'm breaking out in a sweat. I'm staring at my food. I smell it. I smell it out. It smells so good. Oh, yet I can't eat it until everyone gets their plates. What if it takes 10 minutes? Some restaurants do that. Yeah, and it's cold by that point. You're yes. just sitting there being like, oh, it would have been delicious in that yes. first bite. Yeah. Oh, that oh. is something that I struggle with all the time. I agree. That happens to me quite often. And every time I'm just sitting there like, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'll yeah, wait. It's okay. And then if this takes like over five minutes, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to wait anymore. I'm sorry. <gasps> oh, so you eat. It depends. It be- depends how long. I'm like, look, it- I'm not going to wait anymore. I can't do this. <gasps> if it gets to a point where it's like, I can tell my food is getting cold. I would <gasps> rather just eat it. Wow. You're brave. Is it brave or is it just impolite? Know. Maybe a little bit impolite. Oh yeah. no! But I tell them most of the time. Like, I'm so sorry. I tried waiting, but I, I, can't I did my it best. I, I honestly can't handle it. The meat sweats are taking over. I can't do it. <laughs> oh. 
Uh, shall we move on to formalities? Yes, we shall. What we like to do on this podcast is talk about what was number one in music history this week. Ooh, what was? I've got some doozies for you. Yes. These are quite doozerishious, if you ask me. This one's a good one. This one's a good one, okay? Mm-hmm. In 1981, Physical by Olivia Newton-John was number one. Oh, that is a good one. This is a freaking, like, it's it's a great, not only is it a great song sung by a great person, but a great music video. It is a great music video. Yes. Oh. So the music video, if you remember, Elle, it mm-hmm. starts off with, like, these very athletic men, right? Oh, yes. And it, you think, like, the whole music video is going to be these athletic men training, but then when the song finally starts, it turns into a bunch of overweight men. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, it is too, yes. And the whole point of this music video, apparently, was to distract from the fact that the song is it's, – it's about sex. It's oh. straight up about sex. I had never picked the, that up. I literally what? thought she was trying to – I thought every time she was just trying to inspire people to get physical. No. There's, for like a, there's physical a line. education. You didn't know this song was about sex? Sex. <laughs> there's a line in the song that's literally, there's nothing left to talk about unless it's horizontally. Oh, yes. You don't do many exercises horizontally unless she's doing an ab workout. This song's about sex, Elle. Oh. Just accept it. Sex. <laughs> oh, I never, how did I never pick that up? I literally thought it was such a good idea to like help people exercise nah, habits. You know? I guess the music video, well, the music video did its job because it yeah. distracted you from thinking that the song was about sex when mm. it's actually about sex. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Olivia's real life image was very modest. Yeah. She was very, she was very Sandra Dean. Yes. Very Sandy. Hello. Yeah. Yes. She was actually quite worried about how the song would make her look, but her manager basically talked her into it. Wow. And it's probably her biggest song. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. Another reason why the music video was huge is because MTV had just started. Mm. It was about a month in when this music video came out and everyone just went gaga over it. Wow. Whatever music videos came out in that first run, they would yeah. have been hits. Huge. Yes, Freaking absolute huge. hits. But they were hits. They were yeah. such fantastic music videos. In 1992, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston was number one. Great song. Probably one of the hardest ones to belt out. Oh, it reminds me each time of that girl on YouTube that, you, you know, that video I'm talking about where it's like a little girl and she tries to belt out that line like, oh, and I, yeah. and she keeps trying to do it and she keeps trying to do it. And she's like, no, fuck this. Like, it cracks it at herself. Have you not watched this? No. Oh my god, you need to watch this. Oh. It was like all the rage in like 2008 or 2009, oh, I feel. Of course. But it was her just continuously trying to hit that note and her being like, just like so angry at herself. Oh, no. He's trying to like, stop it. And then starting again. It was hilarious. How cute. Yes, a must, a must watch. Hmm. But it reminds me of her every single time. And every time I hear the song, I try and belt that. It's very hard to hear. It's very hard. This song actually was written by Dolly Parton, I believe. <gasps> Dolly Parton, I yes. love Dolly. Me too. She had her own version of it, like a country version, that I'm pretty yes. sure hit number one originally. Yes, I actually very much like that version. Yeah. Whitney ended up doing the song because she was in The Bodyguard, obviously, and it was like the hero I, song of that movie. I freaking love that movie. I love Kevin Costner. I, I love, love their Costner. chemistry. Oh. oh, my God, I freaking love that movie. Go on. No, uh, Kevin Costner, oof. But yes, oof. Yes, oof. Um, the song's kind of like about... I think it was about someone she worked with and they weren't in a real romantic relationship, but it was kind of talking about how 
you love somebody even though you know you're not supposed to be with them or like it's you're meant to go in separate ways kind Mm -hmm. of vibe and apparently kevin costner is the one that actually picked it to be in the movie they were going to pick another song previous song they were going to choose was already used in a movie a couple months earlier right so they were like no we're not going to like the same song so they kevin costner actually suggested that she sing Dolly parton song and that's how it ended up in the movie and how it's like one of the greatest hits literally of all time and just the music video, she looks so beautiful. The way she holds eye contact oh. or, like, the way her mouth is shaped. She has one of those really nice shaped she, mouths. She has a great mouth. Yeah. A great mouth. Also great legs. Great. She's just freaking gorgeous. Yes. Was an absolute dream. I encourage everyone, though, mm-hmm. to please do yourself a favor and go and watch Kevin Costner's speech at her funeral. Oh. You want to cry? Mm. Go listen to it. I'm going to have to go give that a yeah, watch. Yeah, really good. Do you know what I found out about her? That what? was a very interesting fact. What? You know the Cinderella movie with Brandy? Uh, it's like one of the Cinderella movies, but it's definitely the best Cinderella movie. Yeah. Huh? I'm going to say very close to Ever After. Both of them kind of hit first place uh-huh. for me. Whitney Houston directed that movie. Oh. And she directed something else She was well. a She was a big producer on Princess Diaries. Yes, that's what else. Yes. yes. Uh, and it doesn't just blow your mind. I'm like, What? Whitney Houston, I didn't know she I does know. that stuff. Yeah, full on. She was amazing. So cool. Such Just a cool woman. amazing. In 2013, Royals by Lord was number one. Oh, because we'll never be royal. That was actually a very, very good song. I liked it, but it was freaking everywhere. Oh, played to the max. She's from New Zealand. Mm, I know. Did you know that? Yeah, I had, I had no idea. Whenever someone's from New Zealand or Australia, I like to know because I'm like intrigued. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like kind of at home. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. Yes, yes. Represent. One for us. Yes. Her name is Ella, which is interesting. Oh, I did not know okay. that. Her name is Ella, and I'm going to mispronounce this. I'm very sorry. Ella Yelich O'Connor. I wouldn't pick her for an Ella. I like. I wonder how she got the name Lord. The name Lord actually comes from her love of royals. She really liked Marie Antoinette, Tsar Nicholas II of Russia, and a few other royals. Mm. That's how she adopted that name, which is very interesting. She likes her history. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, me too. And then she's having a song called Royals, which is so like well paired. Never be royal. Is it never be royal? I think so. Okay. When her song was number one, mm-hmm. she actually told Billboard magazine, it feels like a combination of my birthday, Christmas, and washing my hair after a month of not doing so. Oh, that nice, clean yeah. feeling. You know when you run your hand through like your scalp and you're like, wow, cleanliness. Yes. What we also like to do on the pod is tell you who you share a birthday with. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were born on the 28th of March, you share a birthday with Lady Gaga. Gaga. I gotta say, I love her. Oh, I know you do. I really love her. Her voice, I don't know, it sends me soaring. Oh, I love her voice. Sometimes when she's singing that good, it makes the back of my throat like kind of close. Oh, that sounds bad. Like you're allergic to it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds bad. But what I mean is like, I want to cry. Wow. Yeah, I just think her voice is amazing. No, I think she's a very, very talented woman. Yeah. And I think that her perseverance that she's shown throughout all of, like, her life. Because I think I've heard, like, about some people in her high school used to make, like, a Facebook group about her saying oh, that she was never going to, like, no. become famous or anything like that. And she showed them. She really did. She was actually an extra on The Sopranos. Oh, really? Yeah. 
What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had seen it on Facebook ages ago. There was a picture of her and it said she was in The Sopranos. And then me and my husband watched it this year. We went through the whole series. And there she was in an episode. Nice. Mm -hmm. We have a great episode for everyone today. Oh, we do. Being that this episode has come out on the 1st of December... We thought we'd make it about Christmas. Christmas, wonderful Christmas time. Singing, (laughs) having a wonderful Christmas time. Well, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about Christmas songs. Mm, We are. And it's going to be great. And if you hear some jingles along the way, that is our, we're wearing Christmas hats. We're wearing Santa hats. Can you hear? Jing, 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 jing. I'm sorry if that's very annoying. Before we get to the Christmas songs, though, we must ask you a few things. Could you please follow us on whatever platform you're using to listen? Please. Could you please? That would be very nice. And also tell a friend about us. Yes, please. Yeah. Need a conversation starter? Have you heard of the podcast Daydream Believers? Have you heard of Daydream Believers? Mm. The wonderful podcast about music. And if you guys are liking what you're hearing, please rate us a five out of five. Five out of five. It would be so, so helpful. It's our Christmas wish. It is our Christmas wish. Yes. yes, it is. I actually wrote to Santa about it. I asked him if he could rate us a five out of five. Oh, really? No reply. Ah, uh, he doesn't send out his replies until Christmas Eve. What a butthole. Ah, uh, nah. I'm friends with Santa. Okay. Well, can you tell him to rate us a five out of five? This conversation's going too long. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be right back with some Christmas songs. We are back and we are here to talk about Christmas songs. Mm. Get into the Christmas spirit. Christmas specials. Yeah. My favorite type of episodes of uh, TV as well, actually. Actually, not for okay, me. Okay, not favorite, but quite up there. I like Christmas specials. I like the SpongeBob Christmas special. That one's freaking hilarious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, I just expect, in my head, I'm like, she's always going to say SpongeBob. Like, it's so funny. Who would like to go first? Well, I can give it a whirl. Oh, go for it. I'm going to say as of the last 10 years, it's been like my go-to Christmas song to yep. actually get me in the swing of Christmas spirit. Yep. Just because I, I like the beat of it. I like the bounce of it. Holy Jolly Christmas. Very nice. Sung by Burl Ives or Michael Bublé as mm-hmm. well. I think I don't have a preference of which version, but damn, I just love this song. I love when Christmas songs have that real classic feeling, very, especially Michael Bublé. He's got that. Oh, he's that got that old voice. voice. Oh. oh, God. I love Michael Me Bublé's too. voice. Such an incredible, incredible singer. And this song itself, the original, is written by Johnny Marks, which is also the guy that sing, well, the guy that wrote Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Wow. Yeah. He wrote some Christmas hits. Yeah, some Christmas hits. Right. Rudolph is like the first thing you learn when you're a little kid, I feel. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's the first song probably. I think I knew. So yeah, I just, there's not much I can say about the song other than I really, really enjoy it. It always puts me in a bubbly mood. And I like that it feels like a type of song that you can click to, like have yep. a jolly Hello. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that. I feel like I'm in black and white when I'm like dancing along to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My first one is a freaking classic. Oh, yeah. As these all are, basically. Winter Wonderland. Wonderland. Winter Wonderland. The one that I like is by Dean Martin. Oh, yes. I think he's phenomenal and his voice is like very sexy it is very sexy yeah, it's actually. very sexy yeah. plus his name is very sexy Dean martin yeah you know that wasn't he that's not his name oh really yeah i wrote oh, a I fact about that, yeah. it once 
So he was actually born Dino Paul Crocetti. Oh, I'm so sorry, Dean Harden. That, that pronunciation was probably terrible. Mm. He changed his name to Dino Martini, but due to another singer having a similar name, he ended up with Dean Martin. I think that ended up being like the uh, better end of the Dino deal. Dino Martini? That sounds so odd to me. Yeah, Dino Martini. Can Dino you imagine Martini? like, oh, yes, world-renowned singer, Dino, Dino Martini. Martini. I, poor actual Dino Martini. I know. But Dean Martin, just a suave name. Suave. He's the essence of suave. Mm. This song was originally recorded in the 40s. Oh, really? By a man named Richard Himber. So pretty old song. It has been covered by over 200 artists. Oh, really? It's it's a very popular song to sing. It actually doesn't mention Christmas. Oh, yeah, it's like more winter wonderland. It's more just winter wonderland. Implying. But the holiday season in the Northern Hemisphere. Still mm. a great Christmas song, if you ask me. Nice. Mm-hmm. My next pick is the fabulous Feliz Navidad. Ah, Feliz Navidad. Yes. You know the Wiggles do a great... They really do a, a <laughs> They great... do a great... A cover of this? Yes. Greg's voice. Oh, Greg's voice on anything. (laughs) But yes, by I believe his name is Jose Feliciano, or Mm -hmm. I'm going to pronounce that completely wrong. Mm -hmm. But he's a Puerto Rican singer and songwriter. Mm -hmm. And he is the one that wrote the song and performed the song. Beautiful. So he was actually living in New York at the time that he wrote this song. And he was singing about missing his home and missing like what, Christmas was like at home. Mm. So it is like a song about being like homesick while being in Christmas. Well, yeah. that's kind of the backstory of him. Oh, yeah. But the actual song just means like, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. How beautiful. Yeah. Can't get better than that. Exactly. It is actually one of the most downloaded and aired Christmas songs in the US and Canada. Get out of here. Yeah. Like I always hear the song, but I never thought it would be like, it's like a main Christmas song. Yeah, but what about Mariah Carey? Oh, that would definitely be up there, but this is like very up there. Oh, wow. Yeah. These days, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You is the face of Christmas. It really is. Have you seen that meme? I don't know if it's a meme, but it's when September or October comes around and it's got the analytics of streams or downloads. And you can just see that in September, it just picks up slightly. Just Yeah. That song, let alone just Maya itself, is played about a million times. Yes. But we will get to that. Let's yes. not get in too far into Mariah Carey. Yes. My next song is by the fabulous Elvis Presley. Oh. Love his Christmas music. But my favorite one is Blue Christmas. Oh, great uh-huh. choice. <laughs> I don't know the words. No, but you did that very well. Thank you. <laughs> For anyone that knows that song, you actually yeah. did that impersonation quite well. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, thank, you. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you a lot. <laughs> hey, that was good too. Hey everyone, what is holding you back from achieving your fitness and nutrition goals? Is it time, stress, confidence, lack of motivation, or maybe you're just sick of dieting? Do you feel defeated and discouraged because you're not where you want to be with your nutrition and fitness? If you're done being frustrated and discouraged with your lack of success, check out the Power of Progress podcast, where we talk about how to change your fitness and nutrition using the principles of mindset, motion, and momentum. We take a deep dive into what makes you tick and how to overcome all of your obstacles, physical and mental. Our goal is to change your health from a chore to a lifestyle. (laughs) All right. 
He recorded this song in 1957, mm-hmm. but it didn't become a single until 1964. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Now, beware of what you see in the Elvis movie. Mm-hmm. You know how when he does the comeback special and the whole Christmas stuff comes out and he's like, oh, no, yes. Christmas. He sings this Christmas song in the real comeback special. Oh, really? Okay, Yes, cool. he sings Blue Christmas. So he actually did sing a Christmas song. Mm-hmm. What he said before he sung it was literally this. I'd like to do my favorite Christmas song ever recorded. Oh, nice. That's so sweet that he yeah. did it anyway. Yeah. I wonder if he ended up wearing the sweaters that they wanted him to wear. See, that's what I don't know, but it's apparently which we got to look this up, it's apparently the only video footage mm-hmm. anyone ever has of Elvis singing a Christmas song. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Good stuff. Ellie, your next song, please. My next and final song. Yeah. I feel like I'm the lady from Family Guy. Thank you, Murray, or whatever his name is. <laughs> Murray. <laughs> <laughs> Just automatically Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. So my final song pick is Last Christmas by Wham. Oh. Yes, I'm a huge George Michael fan and therefore huge Wham fan. And this song is just, it makes me just feel like oozy. Like it just feels nice. It gives you the same, I know, George Michael music. It gives me this feeling of just comfort. Yeah. This song in particular, it's like, it's a Christmas song without being a Christmas song. It's like a heartache song. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's literally about heartbreak, really. Yeah. It's not even like it mentions last Christmas. Yeah. But it's like more in reference to like last Christmas, I gave you my heart and then kind of as a time reference rather than about Christmas time. Yeah. He could have said last week. Yeah. Like last week. You I gave you my heart, and then we're next, next week. week. You gave it away. Just oh, to kind of keep it. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Like, last Easter. <laughs> like, he could have kept doing it for different parts. Every verse was slightly different. <laughs> yes. Alas, it was just a song about a failed relationship, and he mentions last Christmas, and therefore it is one of the best Christmas songs, in my opinion. Yes. So despite that being, like, not even a Christmas song, it is one of the top Christmas songs in the UK. Wow. And I think actually this and Do They Know It's Christmas Time? I was just going to say, Do They Know know It's Christmas Time? Those are both like the the top in the UK Christmas songs. It's Christmas time. That's all I remember. (laughs) And it's wild because he featured on both songs. Yes. That's exactly right. This song was actually released as well as a charity record. Oh. Yeah, so it's quite... That's a nice, I like that. I quite like How it. How beautiful. So all of the proceeds go to Ethiopian charity, I think. Beautiful. Yeah. How lovely. I know. Very nice. So the way this song was actually brought together, George Michael was visiting his family home for Christmas with Andrew, the other member of Wham. And he had gone to his room, I'm pretty sure. When he came back down, he came to Andrew and was just like beaming with excitement because he had actually like started to write the song. Yeah. Brought in the opening lines and showed Andrew and they just turned into full blown song after just being upstairs for an hour in his room. Man. Yeah. Wild. Stuff like that just drives me crazy. How people could just go into a room for an hour and come out with a freaking song. Just be inspired like that. It's so cool. It's amazing. And then they, the two of them went back up to his room and spent like hours like kids just writing the whole thing so cool i love collaboration yeah how nice yeah my next song is sleigh ride by ella fitzgerald Ooh! just hear those sleigh bells ringing ring ding ding i did not realize that song was called sleigh ride it's called sleigh ride sleigh ride together with Mm -hmm. you i didn't know what i thought that song was called yes it's called sleigh ride (laughs) that is a great song it's a great 
song. I love it in the movie Elf. Oh, yeah. When he gets hit by the car. Oh, When he's yeah. walking into that department store. Mm. Hilarious. It's actually another song that doesn't mention Christmas, but it's mm. associated with the holiday season. Oh, because it says jingling, bells, yeah, sleigh. sleigh. It's bells, got all the words, yeah. But it doesn't mention Christmas. Mm. Mm. It's been covered by a lot of artists, again. Yes, as most Christmas songs are. It's been covered by Neil Diamond. Oh, yeah. Harry Connick Jr. Oh, I The love. Spice Girls, apparently. Hmm. Which is kind of crazy. Hilary Duff. Oh, what? She had a Christmas album? She must have. The Carpenters. Oh, yeah. Air Supply. <gasps> I love Air Supply. I love Air Supply, too. Those are just some of the people who have covered this song. Wow. So there you go. So those are some of the songs that Elle and I have picked out that we wanted to talk about. But we cannot proceed without talking about Mariah Carey. Oh, of course not. All I want for Christmas is you. Mm-hmm. Now that, now that is a good Christmas song. That is the Christmas it song. It is the Christmas song. It is the Christmas song we all love but hate at the same time because it is way too overly played yes, over Christmas time. For the month of November, it's really good. But then oh, by yeah. the time you get to December, you're like, all right. I think it's by like second week, yeah, you're like, come on, put something else on. And then you hear all the other ones and you're like, back to Mariah by the time it's Christmas Day. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Did you know that she apparently didn't actually want to sing it? Really? Yep. She didn't want to record it. She didn't want anything to do with any sort of holiday album. Mm. Because apparently back then. Yep. And I say apparently that when you did holiday albums at that point in time, they were for has-beens and older people. Ah. Battle of the 80s has been. Mm. Yes. I guess it's so different now because you've got like Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande making Christmas albums. Oh, and it's still so different hip. now. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine if she didn't sing this? Oh, wow. Like yeah. where would her career be? I'm oh. sure still good. Yeah. But she is so extremely in everyone's faces at this time of year now. I know. I think someone said that, like I've read somewhere that she made so much money from this one song wow. that like her children slash grandchildren will be uh, very Holy wealthy moly. regardless if she made no other song Wow! for the rest of their lives. They'll like, be well taken care crazy. of just from this one hit. That is freaking crazy. Because imagine, you know how regular songs, right? They hit like they they peak, they come back every now and then. Yeah. But imagine a Christmas album, it comes back every damn year for downloads. Yeah. It's a guaranteed listen every single year. And it will be. I wonder how long this will go on for. Forever, oh, right? Yeah, forever. Think about this song's from the 40s, so and that was not even that long ago, so Yeah. Wow. She actually co-wrote this song in 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Wow. Apparently According to her co-songwriter, his name is Walter. Oh my, what's with the names today? Mm. Afanasyev. Oh, I'm so sorry, Walter. <laughs> I'm very sorry. He said the secret to the song's success was that it's definitely not Swan Lake, but that's why it's very popular. Oh wow! Because it's so simple and palatable. It is. It's so easy to just like yeah, simple and easy gets to the point. Yep, it really. All she is. wants for Christmas is you. That's, that's all she wants. Really, that's all really you have remember. to give her. Is that too much? Mm. Is that too much to ask for? Not too Just much to do ask. it. And another fact that I want to bring up about this song. Yeah. She has won three Guinness World Records for this song. Wow. Just freaking crazy. In no particular order, they are the hardest charting holiday song on the Billboard US Hot 100. Yeah. Most streamed song on Spotify in 24 hours. Oh, Wow. Wow. And most weeks in the UK singles top 10 chart for a Christmas song. Three Guinness World Records. Mariah, 
your own Christmas. She owns it. She Her and Buble are like the queen and king. Yep. Before we end this episode, I feel a heavy need to mention one more song. Yes. That's not actually a real song. It's kind of a real song, but it's not. Oh, yeah. Tell us. Love Actually. That oh. is one of my favorite Christmas movies. <laughs> okay. Yep. Do you see where I'm going with I'm this going, song? I, we were singing it earlier. I see where you're going with this. So the song that Billy Mack, who is played by Bill Nye, mm-hmm. the song that he sings, I feel it in my fingers, Christmas is all around us. I don't sing the normal version anymore. I just don't. Yes. I never do. And I don't think I have ever. It's always a Christmas version. I think you're right. I do the same thing. Christmas is around us. I love that that song plays throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. It just Especially when the guitar comes spots. in. Yeah. It's really good. I had to mention it, Elle. I had to. It's not a real song, but I wish he recorded it. Oh, yeah. I think that's a really good option to put in here, and I'm, I'm happy for it. Yes. If you guys want to listen to these Christmas songs a little bit further, feel free to jump on any Spotify playlist. But if you really want to listen to some Christmas songs and some other really – nice songs that we list we spoke about mm-hmm. earlier pop on to the details of our episode and you will be able to find our spotify playlist yes it features every song that we mention in any episode yes it's a very long playlist probably close to 30 hours yes it's very long go and enjoy christmas day put the playlist on yep if you start this playlist at midnight christmas and end it midnight the following day you'll still have songs left Yes, you know what I would do? Christmas Eve, and then by the time it hits Christmas Day, the Christmas song should hit. Ah! Yes. Genius, oh, genius. Yes, 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 yes. All right, we thank you so much for sticking around and listening to this episode. We really hope you would enjoy it. Yes, we do. And we will see you guys next week. See you next week. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye, 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 bye-bye. Bye-bye, 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 bye-bye